This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, you're listening to Good Things, the show where we talk to good people who are doing good things. I'm Darshan Johan. Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita, or PPW, is a partnership between the Penang State Government and WCC, which is the Women's Centre for Change, and was launched in 2009 so that women in mainland Penang could access the support and services they require that were previously only available on the island. So on today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at how Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita got started, um, the good work they have done over the years. Um, joining me on the show to talk about this is Ui Seti. She's the Manager and Registered Counselor at Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita. Welcome to the show, Seti. How are you? Fine, I'm fine. Uh, thank you, uh, Dasharan. What yes. is Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita all about? Um, talk to me about this. Uh, Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita, the short name is PPW. Uh, actually, the Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita is, uh, we do the work exactly same as Women's Centre for Change, which is WCC. So our core work is actually to provide a counselling support for abused women and children especially. And besides that, we also uh, carry out some awareness talk and trainings, you know, from DV and child sexual abuse related issues. And also uh, for the cases like, for example, for child sexual abuse cases or domestic violence cases that goes to court, we also extend our support to uh, to the court. That means uh, we, we do our court support work as well. Yeah, so these are the main things that we do for PPW. Right. Um, what was the inspiration behind establishing this NGO, Seti? Because um, the Women's Centre for Change, um, which is essentially the, the, the core, the parent organisation, yes. um, this was in existence since the 80s. But PPW was something that started in 2009. What's the inspiration behind launching this NGO? So actually, the inspiration is coming from actually uh, Penang State because uh, it was set up uh, in two in year two thousand nine when this Pakatan Harapan won the state Penang State election in two thousand eight, and then after that, this Penang State uh, they they have a wish that they want to have a center that actually can serve the community in Penang because you can see that actually a lot of NGO are actually set centered at. Penang Island. So there's hardly uh, NGOs that actually can serve the community in mainland. So then that's why uh, they found WCC, Women's Centre for Change, as a strategic partner because WCC has like many years already in uh, in terms of giving support to abused women and children. So they, that's why they found WCC as a strategic partner to make it happen. So therefore, this Penang State under the ESCO of Social Development uh, funded PPW since year 2009. That means about, it's already 14 years. Eh? And PPW is actually managed by WCC. That means we are, all the staff are employed by WCC, but using the money funded by Penang State. Right. Okay, yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about you. Um, When did you join the NGO? Were you there from the start in 2009? And why did you join? Uh, okay, and I, I didn't, I, I'm not the, the, the first person that who joined PPW. Uh, PPW has been, have uh, so far 14 years, we have three generations of uh, uh, people that actually hate this uh, office, okay? 
So started with Miss Lau, Lau Sui Li, then second go by uh, Miss Lim, Lim Chui, uh, Lim Chui Leng, and then the third one was is me. So actually, I, I joined PPW initially as a volunteer because, you know, during, sometimes during, um, because Previously, I was uh, as a freelancer working as a part-time um, a financial planner. So sometimes I have uh, free time in between. So I found PPW uh, I, I, is a good place for me to do some voluntary job. Then after that, I found that actually this helping profession is actually very suit my personality and also my character. Then I decided to take up a master in counseling course from USM, University right. Science Malaysia. And then for this course, we are required to do a, a internship, a 500 hours internship. Then I decided to, to join PPW and I'm also lucky that, you know, they accept me as the intern. So after I finished my internship, it so happened that uh, Miss Lim resigned as a coordinator and I was offered, I was blessed that I was offered with this job as a coordinator. Then later on, so I was uh, promoted to, to, to a manager. You were a financial planner, which is a completely different field from what you're doing right now, right? Um, what made you want to explore this? You know, what made you want to go into volunteer work during your free time? Because to me, it's like uh, financial planning and also uh, counseling work. I think there are some similarity there mm -hmm. because we are actually it's a professions that we are dealing with people. Okay, so I find that I enjoy working with people, you know, so that's why I, I and also I found that actually counseling is something like um, it's a helping profession that actually can actually uh, help people in terms of giving them some emotional support, you know, when they come to us like in a very distressed situation and then we can actually render our support and then after that you can see from the start, when they come in with like a very, very emotional face, like very sad face, then after that, you can see the smile on their face. So I think that is the best reward for us, you see. Yeah. Right. So, but why women's rights, right? Because um, even if you wanted to get into people-centric work, um, you wanted to help people, there are very various areas you could have gone mm. into, right? Why is the cause of women's rights, gender equality, why is this cause important to you? Most women uh, actually sometimes, they actually uh, suffer silently. Like for example, they maybe they don't know about their rights or maybe because of the society that we actually, um, like for example, our society that actually is more on patriarchy, like more focused on men, very men dominant. So sometimes women are actually suffer in silence. So I think for this course of work, I think it's very important so that women are actually, um, actually they can be like educated, can be empowered so that they know about their rights. Family is a, is a small unit of a society. Mm. So if every family is managed uh, wisely, then the whole society will be can, you can see a very healthy society which has less social problem. Right. Um, when you were growing up, Seti, did your parents talk to you about what you're talking about right now? Um, you know, patriarchy, um, you know, societal problems, women's rights and things like that. I'm wondering what sort of um, cultivated your interest in this? 
yeah, actually my parents didn't talk about it, mm. but I observed myself. Like for example, in our family, so when when for example, uh, in our family, when a baby girl is born, then uh, my father will say, "Hey, how come it's baby girl again?" So they are actually very uh, wish for a baby boy, which right. can inherited their surname. You see, so this kind of patriarchy is putting women in a very difficult situation, you know, because uh, deliver a baby boy or baby girl is not the, is, is not determined by woman, you see. Right. It's, if you know biology, is determined by a man. So, but sometimes this, this thing is like rooted in the society. I don't know about uh, other community like Malay or Indian, but for Chinese, they are really very, uh, for the old, old, old fashion, uh, I think nowadays, People are less, less, uh, less to be like this already. But the olden days is like that. So, and then I can see that sometimes women are actually, uh, they are actually, uh, they have to bear the responsibility, you know, for uh, nurturing the children by herself, you know. Even though a housewife, they are not working. But sometimes they have to work like, you know, like making, uh, maybe making koi's or whatever to raise the family. Sometimes maybe the the so-called husband in the family is not really uh, functional. Patriarchy definitely cuts across race and religion. So it's the same in other communities as well. Now, I'm very curious, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges um, women today face in terms of achieving gender parity, gender equality? Perhaps more specifically, what are some of the unique challenges that women in mainland Penang face? Because uh, previously, we can see that women mostly are housewife, you know, staying at home, take care of the children, and then uh, doing the household uh, thinging. But nowadays, women, like, they are doing double role, which is they have to work because of the rising cost, you know, the inflation, the rising cost of living. So they have to work as well to, you know, to help the family. So that's why sometimes women have double roles. And then if their partner is like uh, sensitive enough, can help in, in doing house chores as well, then it really can reduce their burden. If not, then women will have double burden. They have to work outside and also they have to come back. They also need to cook, need to wash, need to you know do the cleaning. So that is a double burden that faced by women nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mainland... Uh, as you know, mainland is very big. Mm. We have this, uh, we have this uh, Sprang Pride Utara, the north, the south one, and also the central one. So all are scattered around the, the mainland, the places. Right. So it's not like island is very, uh, is very uh, centered at my mm. island. But here, we actually spread around. So that means uh, if let's say our center now is in SPT, which is the central. So for people like the women from the Sebrang Price Latan, you know, from the south to come here, maybe it take about one hour traveling or 45 minutes. Right. And then there's no direct bus come to here. So if they say they don't have transport, they want to take a direct bus also to also cannot get. And even if they want to take a taxi, it's also very, very expensive. So it's very hard, even though they are actually, if let's say they come from a very rural area, it's very hard for them to to come over here, and also, um, yeah, maybe this is the place that normally, uh, because we are we are a center in the central, so 
for the people from the south, you know, from the SPS, Brangbrai Selatan, they actually have difficulties to come to our place, especially when they don't have transport. Those who come to our centre here is actually because uh, they have their own transport either or they have friends that actually can send them here. Right, right. So earlier you brought up um, issues that women are facing today. How does Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita address these issues? What are some of the programs run by Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita to help women that are facing issues? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we do it in in two ways. One is through our counseling, which is one on one. So normally we will try to you know to to emphasize on this so that to to stress that women also need to have self care for themselves and also they need to speak out. You know, if let's say they need help in the family, they have to tell their husbands that they need help. You know, and then for the uh for the group for the pers- uh for the programs that we do normally we will do some. Uh, awareness talk like for example we will raise the issues of women and then when we talk to a, a, a community which have uh, fathers and mother or the husband and wife then we will try to you know to point it to point this out so that the man has some awareness that it, you know um, in these modern days they really have to share the the responsibility the household responsibility especially especially with the women. So for slowly, we hope that with this kind of awareness talk, and then uh, more men has uh, has some awareness. Our work have has evolved. Like for example, previously when we first started this office, uh, we our our focus is mainly on only provide counseling and support, and also support group uh, to have some support group to those like clients like mainly facing marital issues. Okay, mm. then after that, uh, in 2012, we started to have this collaboration with the government hospital, which is under the One Stop Crisis Center, which they referred uh, quite a number of uh, cases to us, the clients who suffered from domestic violence and also uh, child sexual, uh, the children being sexually abused. So then we started to handle more uh, uh, cases uh, with these issues. So at this moment, our cases dealing with uh, domestic violence and also child sexual abuse is about 70% of our cases, okay? And then slowly, for uh, uh, recently, we also engage with the trainings, yeah? So we engage with the trainings. Uh, for example, we will do trainings with uh, uh, for the medical personnel, for the educators, and also for the community. community. Right. What kind so, of training yeah. do y'all do? Yeah, the training is like, for example, okay, I give you one example. Mm. Okay, for example, for the medical personnel, for okay. the hospital staff, for example, the doctors and nurses, normally they will invite PPW and also WCC because WCC is our 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 main right. players you know, for the training. But PPW staff are also involved. So we train the nurses and doctors basically is to sensitize them, you know, on the needs of the the patients who suffered from domestic violence and sexual abuse issues. So they, they can actually better understand the, the clients more and then they, they can uh, render uh, more support to them. And also, the ultimately, they will refer them to us for right. further support. Yeah. And then for educators, for teachers, we will train them on, you know, like, for example, because teachers dealing with the children, 
Yeah, schools is the second home for children. So anything happen at home, sometimes they cannot speak to the person at home because sometimes the perpetrator can be from the home, from right. the so-called safe home. So sometimes they will tell the the students, their friends at school, or maybe they will tell the teachers that they have been uh, violated, you know, either sexually or physically. So teachers need to have some kind of knowledge on how to handle them also. So that's why our trainings more to teachers is like uh, how to handle the children's disclosure and to understand about these issues, the child sexual abuse issues. So basically, these are the trainings that we we, we give to the teachers. Yeah. On the show with me today is Oise T, coordinator and counsellor at Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita. After the break, I ask, what are the biggest challenges PPW has faced? Keep it here on Good Things, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Good Things. I'm Dashan Johan and on the show with me today is Oise T. She's the coordinator and counsellor at Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita. So, Seti, how many counsellors do you all have um, within your organisation? Do they come and go on a volunteer basis? And I'm also wondering, um, because Penang is, uh, while the majority is uh, Chinese, there is also a diverse, it's a diverse state. There are Malays, there are, um, you know, uh, people who primarily only speak Malay. There are people who primarily only speak Tamil and and things like that. Um, Does PPW offer counselling in in a variety of languages? Um, How do you all approach people who, you know, come Mm. from different backgrounds? speak different languages okay yes uh ppw we have four staff here myself and then i have another three social workers uh, so we have initially we have all the uh social workers who can uh, who can speak actually uh multi-languages right. like you know mandarin uh malay Bahasa malaysia and then tamil english or uh, also some dialect but uh, sometimes our staff, the sustainable of a staff is not like uh, quite satisfactory. So there are staff left, and then now we are actually uh, we actually short of the Tamil speaking uh, mm-hmm. social workers. So that's why uh, we really hope that those like you know the those Tamil speaking uh, people that actually they have a passion. I mean, they have passion in helping. Uh, this community actually can come forward to us. And then you, you see, I also start as a volunteer first and then right. we will see whether I suit this profession or not. Then I decided to take up a course. So there's always a way. So that's why we also hope that if let's say outside, if there are any Tamil speaking um, people that are have passionate in helping, you know, uh, we are actually welcome them. And then we have a set of training to train them up, yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges PPW has faced over the past 14 years? I can say that some maybe sometimes uh, uh, we were faced like, you know, the, turn, the turnover of the staff. Sometimes right. staff can easily experience burnout mm. because in this profession, no doubt, uh, we, we try to help people, but we also need to help ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves. So sometimes we need to have a balance. Lah. So sometimes staff can experience burnout and then after that they choose to leave. Um, yeah, so that one we cannot stop them. And also the distance because uh, we have only one centre here in Central. So there are people that in the South that we actually maybe we, we, we couldn't serve them because they couldn't come to us. So I, I see this, these are some of the challenges that that we face. 
throughout your years doing this, have you been in a, in a situation where you felt burnout or just because the reality is, you know, when y'all are, y'all are dealing with people that are on the ground, realities on the ground, um, a lot of people uh, have, are going through a lot of issues. People might be suffering. People might be domestic um, violence survivors, domestic abuse survivors, things like that. And you, ha- you are there helping them, um, talking to them, uh, trying to empower them and, and all of that. But I'm wondering if, you know, listening to, to all these, um, you know, tough stories, um, you know, going through, sometimes people can call you at night, any time of the day asking for help and, and so on and so forth. How much of a toll does it take on your mental health? To avoid burnout, actually, uh, actually uh, we need to have some own uh, self-care activities. Okay. So just now you mentioned about like clients call us, call us during the midnight. That one, it doesn't happen lah. Right. Because normally client uh, can only reach reaches within uh, office hour. Mm. I think that is important because we are not on working on uh, shift basis or rotation basis. That's why we couldn't afford to handle our clients during midnight. So that is number one. So for any helping profession, I think we have to make it clear that we cannot serve our clients 24 hours. Those that can serve the clients 24 hours is because they actually are running on rotation basis, on shift basis. But we are not. We are only running on normal hours. Okay. So that is number one. Number two is just now I mentioned about the self-care. The self-care is very important. Like for me, I... Every day, I, I need to walk my dog, you know, so <laughs> I will pet my dog. So all these are actually, is a self-care for me, yeah? And also in our job is also, I think it's very important that we are not only doing counselling work, but we are actually need to deal with some, like to engage in some of the outreach work, right. to give awareness talk, because that you can see that is the beauty of it, because when we do counselling work, it's like, some somebody on fire already, and then we try to put down the fire. So right. which is very, very distressing and very, very uh take up a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But when we do outreach talk, when we do awareness talk, it's something that we think we are actually we are doing the prevention work. Yeah. So it balances our work. At the same time, we try to put down the fire, at the same time, we also try to prevent it not to happen. Yeah. So if we do in such a way, we do service work and also some prevention work, then it will balance out. And then we also find that we are more balanced. Yeah. On, a, on the flip side, Seti, what are some of the biggest milestones or, or proudest moments, happiest uh, memories you've had um, over the past few years with um, Pusa Perimatan Wanita? The, the clients that we handle, like, for example, when we see that they have actually uh, gone through their tough time, you know, and then they they came, they came back to tell us that actually they are now more okay. And they are actually, uh, because sometimes when all these people, when they go to see their, before they come to us, they will talk to their friends, you know, their uh, whatever first lah, until the friends also cannot tahan already, then refer right. them to us. So then, of course, in the counseling room, we have the, all the setting, we have all the, you know, uh, so 
I I can see that we can actually do it more effectively lah than a friend lah. So and also uh, we also take care of the confidentiality. So they feel they don't need to hide anything from us. Even though they hide, we also can know sometimes. So that's why is everything is like coming naturally. So after we support them, and then you can see that there's a smiling face, as a, as I mentioned just now on them. So we found it very very rewarding, because when the person come to us in the very distress uh, situation, then after that we can see them. Okay, they they update us that actually they can sleep well now, they can eat well now, they can see their own problem now. Then the most happier one that we our our client can see their own problem. Because sometimes when people come to us, they they tend to blame everything on other people, so that they have they don't don't have to be responsible. But after that, they can see that actually they also cause part of the problem. If they can see that, that means we say that they have insight already. So the, that is most happy for me. How can the public support PPW? Yeah, uh, actually PPW we don't have a standalone social media page, but it's under WCC. Okay, it's WCC Penang, and also actually of course, uh, no doubt, uh, we are we feel grateful for Penang State. You know, under this ESCO, a social development has been supported WCC for fourteen years. That's why we we don't have no we don't have to worry about the funding on yearly basis. But of course, uh, if there's uh, if there is a uh, you know there's more funder are interested to fund PPW work, that's most welcome, yeah. Because then we can expand you know to expand our 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 services, you know, yeah. So uh, and uh, WCC, I I'm not sure whether uh, public know or not. We have uh, this. Uh, a value shop. We sell the the thrift items. Oh, the thrift shop. Yeah, yeah. We we sell those donated items from the public to raise funding, so that we can be more self sustainable. So we hope that uh mainland also can have that kind of thrift shop. So in case of any entrepreneur, you know, anybody, any businessman who hear my sharing here, and then so happen that you have a shop lot in mainland, especially in the SPT, the central area, then can contact us and then uh, give us a, 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 a either to to like a two dollar shop like, like give us a, a, a very fair rental and then we, we can have a, a value shop here like WCC in Penang you know and then we can have more fun and then we can do more work here I think that's absolutely fantastic before we end the conversation Seti would you have a final message for us okay the final message is I hope that you know everyone need to take care of ourselves and uh if you come in the family, so we also hope that the family are harmonious and uh, everyone is free from the violence. And uh, especially, we also need to take care of the children. If let's say you have the children at home, because children is our our future leaders. You see, so we really need to take care of them. That is the final message from me. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome. Thank you for inviting us. 
That was OISETI, Coordinator and Counselor at Pusat Perkhidmatan Wanita PPW. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Good Things, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.